everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumerism, and less clutter. Today, I am very excited to introduce my new partner in crime, Emily. She's just as enthusiastic about reducing waste as I am, but the two of us actually just met, so we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves and how our passion for reducing waste came to be. Hi, Emily. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about waste. Yeah, very excited. Um, well, I'm really excited that you're going to be a part of this. Uh, so let's start with where did your passion for waste reduction come from? Okay, so I guess that's a bit, uh, if you want me to go all the way back, um, I think it kind of stemmed from my upbringing. So I was raised on a farm outside of Camrose, Alberta. Grew up on a farm and in an agriculture kind of based place. And that really connected me to the land. And I feel like my parents were always really interested in environmental programs that they could do and, you know, planting trees and doing good things for soil and rah, 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 all of those wonderful things. Um, and on our small scale farm, then, you know, growing up, I got more interested in the environment. And like I said, my parents definitely spurred that on. Also being someone who grew up uh, in a rural oil-based area, <laughs> or I guess an area that, uh, you know, there's lots of oil leases and lots of money kind of being developed in that way as well. I, I really found that I learned a lot about oil and gas when I was young and learned a lot about its environmental impacts and rah, rah, rah. So I guess, yeah, growing up on farm, definitely. And then that spurred my interest to get more formally involved in environmental science, I would say. And so I actually went to UBC and took Earth and Ocean Sciences um, for a year uh, in their Bachelor of Science program and really liked it. Um, but Earth and Ocean Sciences was a bit different than I thought. <laughs> um, it was definitely more like geology based and more, um, yeah, a bit different than I had originally anticipated. So after doing a year of general science at UBC, um, or I guess a year and a half, I kind of decided that I wanted to peace out. <laughs> so what were you expecting? Um, I don't know, Earth and Ocean Sciences, I also was 18 years old when I decided this. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so does anyone really know what they're doing when they're 18? They think I would they say do. no. Yes, I definitely thought that I knew what I was doing <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, so basically I, yeah, not that I necessarily did poorly, but it just wasn't my thing. I didn't love it. Right. And so um, I, yeah, dropped out of university. I'm a university dropout. That's okay. I am too. I <laughs> am a twice university dropout. Yeah. And, um, and so I dropped out of university and then I was like, I'm going to go on a trip. So I went traveling for four months and I went to Central America. And in Central America, I did, vol I volunteered. Um, so I volunteered with this organization called Base Camp International and I basically lived in Nicaragua for two months and volunteered there at a conservation station. Yeah, at a, at a conservation station and then kind of like a national park. And I, I'm saying that in quotations because it's very different than the national parks that we have in Canada. That was the first time that I was in a third world country or a less developed country. Mm -hmm. 
And it was very obvious when I got there that environmental impacts are much more in your face, I would say. So um, the amount of garbage and kind of all that stuff was really direct and apparent. And I think that was the first time that I really realized my privilege because I was a, yeah, like I was a 19 year old. Yeah. (laughs) I really remember the first time that because I, I would always pick up garbage, like, even as a kid in cadets or, or whatever. Um, hmm. And I remember the first time I'm going, like, this isn't solving the problem. We're just moving it from one place to another. <laughs> now it's out of our view and it's not bothering us because we don't have to look at it all the time. Yeah. And that really bothered me. Yeah. And yeah. so I definitely went through, like, a bit of culture shock, I yeah. think, because of just... And it was great, like... Looking back at it, I would say that that was kind of the pivotal moment because that experience and backpacking for four months and living and experiencing completely different things and yeah, facing, I guess, kind of a different reality was actually what kind of motivated me to go back to school because I, I basically was like, you know, before I went to university because I was a smart high school kid and that's kind of what everyone did, like... And you had a certain amount, you had a certain grade, like you just went to university and that's kind of like what you did. And I had no idea. That's me too. Right? Yeah. I went to university and and I was kind of like, okay, I don't really know what I want to do. So I'll just do the things I'm interested in. So we'll do art and we'll do math. And, and after a year, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think that that was really the experience that you know, I was like, no, actually I am passionate about this. I do care about this. I do want to make a difference. And then, yeah, I came back to Edmonton. Well, I came back to Alberta, I'll say, because I'm from Camrose. So I went to um, U of A at Augustana for a semester, lived at home, saved some money because I was really poor after traveling. (laughs) And then I was a student. So yeah, so lived at home and then, yeah, I kind of just got refocused and then ended up uh, completing my environmental or my bachelor of science in environmental and conservation sciences at the university of Alberta. So I finished that in 2016. I would say that the ENCS program at U of A is, was really focused towards working in oil and gas and land reclamation. They have one of the only land reclamation programs in, in the country for sure, but possibly in the world. I'm not exactly sure. So, um, Yeah, I learned a lot about oil and gas and did a lot of development in that way. And when I was a student, I also, um, I actually started, or one of my summer jobs was to apply herbicides, which uh, is also something very interesting because as an environmentalist, I, um, obviously herbicides kind of have a bad reputation, I would say. Um, and while I don't disagree in some sense, I also have a lot of knowledge behind them. So anyways, that's kind of just an interesting aside. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, you know, applied herbicides. I worked in oil and gas. Um, I did kind of more of that direction. And then once I graduated from school, um, actually my first job was in the oil sands as a summer student after I graduated from university and I worked on their, uh, wildlife wetlands and wildlife team, um, up 
in Fort McMurray. And so that was a really interesting experience. And once again, seeing things that I'd never seen before. <laughs> um, and I guess kind of the more that I worked in oil and gas, the more that I realized that that's not exactly where I wanted to be. And um, it was really, yeah, just not exactly what I wanted to focus on. And then I started working for, um, then I did vegetation management, so more herbicide and cutting down trees and kind of all that stuff. And somehow landed into environmental education at the city of Edmonton, kind of through a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started out doing programming for the at the Matart and the John Jensen Nature Center. Nice. And yeah, so that was a really cool experience. Um, I got to work in the, with the city. It was just a part-time position at the time. Um, so I was also working outside of that, like not in an industry specific job, I guess. So I really liked education and like loved that. I got to take kids on field trips. <laughs> it was super fun and I absolutely loved that. And then I was offered a full-time position, temporary position with Alberta Conservation Association. And so ACA is an organization that basically like does conservation projects for the government of Alberta on behalf of Albertans. Um, kind of my dream job. <laughs> and so I moved to Lethbridge uh, in 2018, 2018. Yeah, I had a term contract with them and worked with them for eight months and I absolutely loved that. But that was in Lethbridge and my life was kind of in Edmonton and my partner was in Edmonton and kind of all of those things. Mm -hmm. So um, when I applied for a job at the city of Edmonton again in waste services, um, I kind of jumped at the opportunity to come back to Edmonton, even though I really didn't have a clue what waste services did, but I knew that I liked in the environment. I knew that I liked educational programming. Um, and it turned out to be one of the jobs I would say that has pivoted my life the most, especially in the last several years. Um, in, a, in a good direction? In a good direction, yes. Um, and, you know, after all my background, the one thing that really, really focused me specifically on low waste and reducing my waste would be working for the City of Edmonton in their Waste Services Department. But you're not doing that currently. I'm not doing that currently, yes. So, um, yeah, so I worked uh, in waste services for, to be honest, it seems like a very short amount of time now that I think about it, um, but I worked a three-month contract doing specifically, like, more field trip kind of stuff at the Edmonton Waste Management Center, and then out at, uh, or, like, going into schools and doing programming, because in grade four, they had a waste in our world unit. So I would go into schools and kind of do a presentation on waste um, to grade four students, sometimes other grades, but more more than more often than not, it would be to grade four students. So um, I did that for three months and then uh, that position ended and I moved into a role as the program assistant for the Master Composter Recycler Program. I tried to do that. Yeah, so... So that, um, that was a bit of an interesting opportunity that I kind of like fell into because um, my contract was ending with the city and no offense to the city, but their 
hiring process takes an eternity. <laughs> so there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through and things take a long time for positions to get approved and then signed off on and then posted and then through HR and yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot of a lot of hurdles that you need to jump over, I guess. And a lot of the recruiting that they do is internally. So they do a lot of internal recruiting um, and then shift it outside, I guess. Anyways, I was kind of lucky to fall into this program assistant position because someone had just come back from a educational leave and they're actually moving on to a different position within the city. That position was vacant. So I kind of got shuffled into there into a temporary role while they did a or while they recruited for a permanent position and so yeah in that time I literally only was the program assistant for the master composter recycler program for like six weeks (laughs) which sounds so bizarre in my brain um especially because it was like such an influential time but it also just happened to be when MCR training was going on for the year. Right. So that's, I think, one of the reasons why I kind of just fell into this role um, because they, like, really needed someone <laughs> because the, the training was starting. Yeah, it turned out to be super influential and I was able to do the master composter training while I was working there and then um, I actually ended up getting offered a position outside of the city of Edmonton um, in a permanent role that... I guess was kind of a bit more focused towards a few other things that I had on my mind uh, and like had for my career. For example, this is a total aside, like I'm a professional or I'm an agrologist in training. So what that means, that's more of an environmental science term. And so if I kind of would have continued down the path with waste services, that necessarily wasn't directly as relevant to my professional designation as I would have liked. Anyways, long story short, I'm going to become a professional agrologist at some point, and the position that I'm in now will help me do that. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so anyways, so I kind of fell into this role, loved it, and loved MCR training, and loved the people, and had an awesome 2019 cohort shout out, woo-woo. And I would say that, yeah, that whole experience with working at the city from, you know, leading educational field trip tours to working with Raniel and Mark the composter um, and the new program assistant Tamara was just really instrumental in me living a low waste life for sure. It's funny because my upbringing was it led me in the same path but you say your parents were very much instilled that into you whereas Mm -hmm. my parents were more like go outside and play. And so I was like, okay, so I spent all my time swimming in rivers and playing in forests and Mm -hmm. building forts and just, um, however, I did actually get raised pagan. So I, it was instilled in me to revere nature and to be part of it rather than above it. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my first memory of actually like having a waste focused passion would have been my very first job at Fields when they first instilled that five cent bag fee. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. thought this was the greatest thing ever. And I just remember being so excited. I'm like, yes, this is such a good step forward. We need to like encourage Do people. It. Just, just yeah. make people think about it to bring their own bags. And I remember the outrage 
People were so angry. I also at remember. The fire <laughs> I also, I think, like, I was pretty young, I think, when that happened. Like, I can't even remember. How many years ago was that? Well, I would have been. Like, it's been a while. 15, so 17 years ago? Yeah, like, I remember being, like, old enough that I was buying stuff, but not, like, I don't think I was buying my own groceries yet, maybe. Like, yeah. that kind of age. So, probably around yeah, the same. Yeah, around time. the same. And I also remember being like, this is the best idea. Like, right? who cares? Because, <laughs> you know, if I, like, went to shoppers, I'd be like, I'm not spending five cents on that bag for, I don't know, the candy that I'm buying or whatever that I was yeah. buying when I was, like, a teenager. Yeah. Um, anyways, but, yeah, I think it's so funny, the outrage, because... But, yeah, people yeah. were just so angry. They were like, how dare you take away my right to a free bag? I'm like, you're right? <laughs> you're right to create garbage? I don't understand. Yeah, why? But, yeah, even at that age, I was just kind of like, no, this is good. We need to move away from this. And it's funny, because now it's just so normal. Like, people still mm. use their plastic bags, obviously, but it's quite normal for people to bring their own bags in. Oh, Back totally, then, yeah. I remember bringing my bag in, and people were like, "Oh, you want me to put this in? What do you want your me bag? To do this? Yeah." Um, but then, and they wouldn't <laughs> pack it for you if you brought your own bag. Yeah, then you had to pack it yourself. You had to pack it yourself. Yeah. And I, I was a little confused as to why that service was lost with the bringing of your own bags. But anyway, yeah, I found a... that just kind of funny. <laughs> and then, like you, when I graduated, I went to university. And with the intention of being uh, a mathematics and arts high school teacher. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. And so, again, university dropout after a year. Yeah, which is like sometimes the best thing. (laughs) Right? Like, I loved it. I loved learning. I loved calculus. I loved drawing and painting. I don't know how many people I've ever heard say, I love calculus. I love calculus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I love gonna, the problem I was just going to, I'm like, mm, yeah, I, love, I like math too, but I don't love calculus. No, calculus, calculus oh, got me great. to that level where it was actually kind of challenging, and then mm. it was a puzzle and not just a sequence. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that's where I really enjoyed calculus, and, um, but I was like, eh, is this really what I want to do? $10,000 a year is too much for me to be like, maybe? So I <laughs> yeah. stopped. It's a smart and, thought um, process, yeah. I wound up becoming a dog groomer because my sister was and she knew how to do that so she kind of got me into it Um, but during that time I built up a farmer's market in the town that I was living in oh cool um so so where was that this was in little old Houston BC tiny oh okay no one's ever heard of Somewhere near I have Smithers. Not, I have not heard of it. No. Have you heard of Smithers? I have heard of Smithers. Yeah, it's very close to Smithers. Okay. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> if you've ever gone past the giant fishing rod, mm-hmm. that's Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. All so right. I was part of the beginnings of that farmer's market. Uh-huh. Um, cool. And so that I was it was it was important to me to reduce the footprint of the food that we ate as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, it just made me feel so good to be part of something to bring the community closer to their food and closer to each other and be more um, reliant within our own little circle mm-hmm. versus everything being imported from who knows where. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, so I did yeah. that for about three years oh, before cool. I moved away. Life kind of just went in this weird direction. Uh, after I left Houston, I that's when I first went waste-free. Oh, okay. For like 
attempted to be waste free. Yeah. Never low there. waste. Low waste. <laughs> never be zero waste. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and I was really into it, and I didn't buy anything that was in plastic, and I had like solid shampoo, and it was super hardcore. Mm-hmm. But I kind of went a little too hardcore, and life got complicated, and money got tight. Then it was just impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it is, like, it's often a privilege to be able to afford certain things that are waste-free. Totally. <laughs> um, and so I just, it was too stressful, so I kind of just dropped everything. Yeah. And was like, I just need to focus on getting through this next year. <laughs> oh, totally. And I think that, yeah, there is a lot of stress. Like, I think that we also need to recognize that there's a lot of stress that can yeah. go into being low and zero waste. And, uh, I would like to try and reduce that <laughs> hopefully through this podcast. Um, and try to learn more. Yeah. And <laughs> try to learn more and try to not be stressful, but, um, maybe try yeah. to bring some more processes to Edmonton that just make it easier for everybody. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so life brought me here mm-hmm. where I attempted to go to school at U of A again mm-hmm. for math and art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where I decided that I was going to be a teacher because that's what you do with math and art. Yeah. And then I decided I didn't want to spend all day with 30 children all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which like, is totally fair. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't think I can handle that. Yeah, that's okay. When people, yeah. when I, I would tell people that like I hosted field trips and tours and stuff and I would be like, yeah, and my favorite group of kids is like the junior high kids and they would be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, why? You like junior high kids? And I'm like, yeah, I love junior high kids. And so I recognized it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. No. <laughs> and uh, that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. So that's my second university dropout. Mm-hmm. Here, Which is totally cool. Here in Edmonton. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, so since then, um, I've got the job of my dreams. Ooh, okay. Because yeah. Because as we talked about before, I'm, I'm more like methodic, like conceptual. I'm, I'm mechanically inclined. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I like problem solving. We know what you mean. And I like reducing waste. So I repair sewing machines for a living. And I sew as a hobby. So it's like my work is related to my hobby. So I'm surrounded by people who do the things that I love. But sewing isn't my job. So it's not making my hobby miserable. (laughs) Yeah, that's super cool. So I love that my job is to keep things working for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Rather than trying to just pump out new sewing machines all the time or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's really cool. Um, that's really interesting. And to be completely honest, I didn't even know that there were sewing machine repairists. Technician. Technician. Sorry. Technician. Technician. (laughs) Um, I'm like, yeah, that's, I didn't even know. I hadn't even thought about that to be honest. Yeah. Usually, usually when I tell people what I do, they're like, I didn't even know that was a job. That's so interesting. I've never met another sewing machine technician before. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I do. That's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, yeah, it's really awesome to be able to funnel your passion into what you get paid to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now that life has settled into a more comfortable place again, I have been able to revisit that low-waste lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially in the last year, I've really honed in on every time I throw something out, I'm like, how can I not make this happen again? Mm-hmm. And my partner is supportive, if not as 
enthusiastic as I am. <laughs> Which my partner is also the same. I will say that. Yes, work in progress, I think, is the best word for but it. But <laughs> I remember him coming home from, he went to buy some clothes or something, and he came home, and he's like, you've ruined me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes, huh? I was walking through the mall, and all I could see was shopping bags, and I kept it's saying, why garbage. is everybody? He's like, I saw somebody with a box with a handle in it, with a, in a bag, and he's like, why do you have a bag? There's already a handle on the box. <laughs> Yeah, so now like, you know what we think all the time. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is so true. Oh my goodness, 100%. Uh, yeah. I I also have kind of had like ebbs and flows, I would say, on my low waist journey. Um, and I should give credit where credit is due. My oldest sister was very similar to you. She basically went plastic free for... I don't even know however long, but probably like two years, which is amazing. As a university student, um, taking her master's and was like, would not buy plastic. You know, at first, I'm not going to lie, my family was like, she's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're like, oh my God. Like, because she would kind of, uh, and not even that she would... I don't know, like shame us or make us feel bad or whatever. But, you know, she, we would always joke, like she would come over and like use your stuff. And then you'd be like, well, Marianne, just get your own. And she's like, no, I don't buy plastic. So I don't know, just something like, (laughs) just something like, I don't know, like deodorant or something. She would just like borrow, which is not a big deal. I'm just talking about my sister. Um, Borrowing your deodorant. Yeah, which is, like, not a big deal. But you'd be like, Marianne, just, like, whatever. And she's like, no, I'll just use yours because you have it. Anyways, so she, I would say that she was also probably one of the best people for kind of when I started getting more into low waste because she was an incredible resource because she had already gone through the, you know, trials and tribulations of trying to go zero waste. And she has eased up on it a bit now. Um, she yeah, lives with her partner and um, she does buy plastic now, but obviously is still very aware of it. Yeah. yeah, I think also kind of on the journey to finding a place where you don't have incredible, horrible eco-anxiety, but that you're also doing what you can to reduce your waste and reduce your footprint and reduce kind of everything in your life. So yeah, she was definitely an instrumental help and I thought that she was crazy at first, but I totally see the right of her ways. <laughs> She's fantastic. Um, yeah. So. I was definitely that person to my mm-hmm. family. And that person to my family. Yeah. Like, oh, I was having a phone call with my sister and she was like talking about her business and she's like, I have to use certain products and I try, I try so hard. I'm like, I'm not here to condemn you. (laughs) Totally. I'm like, how did Vicky even get on this topic? She's like, I don't know, but I don't want you to think I'm a terrible person. I'm like, I don't, like everyone just has to do what they can Mm -hmm. do, right? Everyone just needs to do what's best for them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And also, I think that it's also important to recognize that being completely zero waste and living with your garbage in a jar in Edmonton, Alberta might be more difficult than a lot of people maybe realize. Um, And it's not necessarily like... 
I don't think anyone thinks that it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, and I obviously I think that, that that's like totally a great goal to set your, for yourself, like producing um, very little waste. But I also think that if you don't get there right away, that's also okay. Yeah, and, and as far as I'm concerned, yeah. I think you're just trying to get that asymptote as close to zero as possible. Oh, but yeah. it's never going to reach it. Yeah. It's never going to get there. No, no, exactly. But the lower it is, the better. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Which, which also, like, I know that we're like, zero waste, low waste, what's this term? I was a bit of a stickler about using zero waste because... As a scientist, I'm very literal, <laughs> and um, in my perspective, I don't think that we'll ever be able to live a zero-waste lifestyle, specifically. Well, no, we need to consume yeah, in order to survive. Exactly. Anyways, but I definitely still see the value But there's of, sustainable waste. Yes. And there's unsustainable. Totally. So... At first, when I was getting into, um, and I will say zero waste because, first of all, I think that it's a term that's widely accepted, so people know what you're talking about when you Mm -hmm. use it. B. Johnson used it, kind of all those things, so I think it's a a great universal term, and at first I was like, man, I've read that book. It's not zero, (laughs) it's not actually zero waste. And uh, now I just realized that that's just me being ridiculous. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I feel you, like we can use zero waste. You as, have to be able to forgive yourself. Yeah, because for sure. If you make a mistake, you can't consider it a failure and then just give up altogether. Well, no. We don't. Oh, totally. <laughs> no, we just learn and try to do a little bit better next time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, what is your most recent low waste win? Ooh, okay, my most recent low-waste win. Um, Well, during the pandemic, I would say that this is difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, More difficult for me, definitely. For example, I feel like grocery shopping when I wasn't allowed to bring my own bags or that I wasn't allowed to buy in bulk, I felt like I used more plastic in one shopping trip than I had in like six months. (laughs) So that was a bit of a killer. Um, But I would say probably my biggest win was for sure when my partner bought groceries and put them in reusable bags. On his own, yes. Yeah, Yeah, he was like, yeah, I had the reusable bags in, in the car and... I just used them and I was like, yes, yes. My partner is so good about that. That is one thing that That's he has awesome. never really, there's never been any fuss over that. That was mm. just something really automatic for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, Superstore has never stopped taking reusable bags. Mm. So we've never actually run into that. Oh, that's, that's good. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing that I... Well, and it was mixed, right? Like some grocery stores were and some grocery stores weren't. And you didn't really know, and so I'd bring my reusable bags, and then I wouldn't be able to use them. Or, like, like reusable produce bags, for example. Mm-hmm. I, like, didn't really know what to do about that. Um, because, yeah, I have reusable produce bags that I bring. But, so at first I was just putting everything, like, loose in the cart, which was fine. But then it just got put in plastic bags anyways. Which yeah. was a bit disappointing right? but you're like oh I tried so hard <laughs> yeah, <darn. laughs> yeah so um I mean another good waste news news clip um is that uh scientists have said that yes. reusables are have the thumbs up from and ever since I've heard that yeah. announcement 
I have been like contacting Bulk Barns, awesome and Starbucks, yes. and other cafes that I go to because Starbucks just happens to be really close to where I tend to be. Yeah, as it does, and is that's a why huge, it's successful. Yeah, and is a, yeah huge yeah. successful so, business that can lead the way. Oh, shout out to Transcend Coffee who will use your reusable mug with a no contact refill. Amazing. So go them. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> that is good to know. I was very happy. I was like, yes, I haven't had a latte in two months. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, my latest win uh, would be that I bought a bread baker. Ooh. And so bread has been one thing that I haven't really found a good alternative to get without plastic. Because mm-hmm. like, every once in a while I'll go to a bakery and try to get like fresh loaf from a bakery but that's like three times it's expensive which means that my partner is not interested he's like no I'm not tripling the cost of bread yeah (laughs) for this like that's ridiculous and a lot of the places now won't won't give them to you without a bag anyway Mm -hmm. yeah everything's everything's prepackaged so I went on Kijiji and found a used bread maker and I've been making my own bread so that has Yay. That's awesome. I, I have to say, I do use bread bags for my cat litter, so I'm not really sure what I'm going to do when those run out. But <laughs> yeah, like, uh oh. I know that I get more than I use, so <laughs> but yeah. they will last a while yet. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest plastic waste, honestly, is the fact that I have to put any garbage I do create in a plastic bag. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. the sure. city requires that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that. I also recognize that I'm probably never going to stop using plastic. Like, I think that that's just a reality. You know, I have my... Glasses. Glasses. I'm (laughs) drinking out of a reusable water bottle that is Nalgene that is plastic. And I like to go hiking, which, like, plastic is a really light, durable material. And, you know, I, I think the more that I realize, like, I... I used to really hate plastic <laughs> and I recognize that there's a place for it. I also yeah. recognize that I don't need to use single use plastics pretty much at all. Right. Um, I know. I, I have to say like, I don't think plastic in and of itself yeah. is evil. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, You're right. Because mm-hmm. it has, it, I mean, it was a brilliant invention and it has given us the ability to create amazing things mm-hmm. but because it's not very expensive we have exploited it in a negative way oh a hundred percent and convenience has taken over yeah our disposable <laughs> culture <laughs> has exploded and now um now it's kind of crazy to think about that like everything is plastic like this carpet that you know, and it's the probably made of plastic. And probably the frame on your picture. Yeah. And the pots that your plants are in. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's it's everywhere. Um, and, yeah, I definitely don't think that I'm going to stop using plastic. Especially because, like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to take the frame and throw, like, and throw it away and buy a wood one. Right? Right. You already have it. It's, yeah. It's better to just keep the one you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Quite often, the greenest option is the thing that already exists. Yeah, the thing that you have. That's why I drive a 2004 Jetta. <laughs> so, and that's just gonna keep on keeping on until... 
it breaks. (laughs) Drive it till it dies. Drive it till it dies. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I totally recognize that plastic's valuable. um, But also I think that for me personally at this point, single-use plastics is really the devil. Like that's that's the worst for and I, me. It kind of boggles my mind that people don't see it. Yeah, it's like we've seen the pictures of the oceans, and we've seen the garbage that shows up every spring after the thaw. Yeah, right. You walk around in the city in the spring, and you're like, "This is disgusting." Yeah. Especially, I found especially this year because I know that a lot of the trail cleanups were canceled because of COVID. Right. And I think also there's a lot more people out walking and like, you know, a lot more people were enjoying, I guess, the the trails. So I hope, my hope is that people saw the garbage more and it was more in their face um, and that, you know, it didn't just get immediately cleaned up and people could kind of put it out of sight, out of mind again. But I don't know. So other than COVID, yes, what has been your most recent challenge? Most recent challenge, other than COVID. Yeah, I mean, waste. COVID is kind of obvious. We can't. <sighs> yeah. Bulk Barn has been the saddest thing ever. Because I just, I'm like, that's half my groceries that I would get waste-free. Totally. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I have a I have a good thing. And, and not, it's not a good thing. It's a terrible thing. But right. it's a good exa- example. So um, I, yeah, I was trying to go low waste and was like, all of my skincare products and everything like I should be able to either make myself or go low waste. And, um, probably one of the hardest things I think for me was I went to a zero waste skincare and hair and like all that routine and my acne and like body and hair did not like that. (laughs) So I think that that was one of the biggest challenges is that, you know, it took me a really long time to figure out what products I liked um, and that worked for like my body chemistry and whatever. And then having to kind of redo that all over again with zero waste products is like an ongoing challenge that I'm facing and not necessarily a bad one, but I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it's like, a little frustrating and you just want to go back to the face wash that you had that worked perfectly fine but because you're so stubborn and you don't want to use plastic you won't um so I think that that was that's definitely still something that I'm trying to figure out and still something that's driving me crazy but my bathroom (laughs) consists of jack 59 shampoo and conditioner bars Mm -hmm. and a bar of soap works soap that's amazing. See, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And um, and I realize it doesn't work for everybody, but I'm just like, yeah. my bathroom does not look like anybody else's that I know. No, which is great. And like, you also have very clear skin. So <laughs> I am blessed. I would yes. Have, yes. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately do not have that luck. Yeah. I've tried a few different, like, actually I'm on my third set of shampoo and conditioner bars none of them work for me. So (laughs) 
Um, yeah, but I'm persevering and using them all up. Have you tried different brands or just different kinds from the same brand or? Um, so actually Jack 59, I like specifically went and talked to the maker, discussed things with her, got samples from her, tried different things and nothing worked. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, and that's totally you know what, it's probably just me. And for most people, it would work totally fine. But yeah, I would say that that's one of my biggest challenges is just finding products that actually work for me. Because I've gone through three of their shampoo bars at Jack 59. And now I found one that's right. So you just got to keep on right. Like, and gotta keep on keep on keeping on. It's a long process because each bar lasts me like two months. Yeah. And you like, and so now I've got this Are one not- and I'm like, my hair is fabulous. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it's totally just like a, honestly, it's per- about perseverance and experimenting and whatever. And I'm sure I'll figure it out. It's just sometimes it's a little frustrating when you have a giant zit on your face. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. I'm going to 